Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the SCORE First Quarter Fiscal Year 2021 Financial Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star one in your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star zero. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Mr. Alvin Lobo, Chief Financial Officer. Thank you. Please go ahead. Thanks, Rob. Hello and good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on today's call and webcast for the SCORE's Fiscal 2021 Q1 results. This is Alvin Lobo, the SCORE's Chief Financial Officer, and presenting today with me our Founder and Chief Executive Officer, John Levy, and President and COO, Benji Levy. At this time, we would like to caution our listeners that this presentation contains forward-looking statements. There are risks that actual results could differ materially from what is discussed and that certain material factors or assumptions are applied in making these forward-looking statements. Any forward-looking statements contained in this presentation represent the views of management and are presented for the purpose of assisting the SCORE shareholders and analysts in understanding the SCORE's financial position, objectives, and priorities, and anticipated financial performance. Forward-looking statements may not be appropriate for other purposes. Additional information on items of note, the SCORE's reported results, and factors and assumptions related to forward-looking information are all available in our financials and MDNA for Q1 Fiscal 2021, both of which were filed on CDAR a few moments ago and are also available on our investor relations page at scoremediaandgaming.com. Our CEO, John Levy, will now begin the presentation. Thanks, Alvin. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for joining us today as we review but it's been a record-setting start to our new fiscal year. I'm pleased to report that the score has turned in its best-ever quarter in terms of gaming handle and media revenue. These record results demonstrate how fans are increasingly engaging with our mobile sports media and betting platforms. We were primed and ready as sports resumed this quarter. As evidenced by the numbers, we're starting to unlock the potential of the score and the score bet, showcasing the value of a fully integrated media and gaming business. As our gaming operations in the U.S. expand, we are simultaneously preparing for what is an enormous opportunity on the horizon in Canada with the anticipated creation of a fully legalized and regulated sports betting and iGaming market. The score's popularity in Canada is unmatched in the mobile sports space and we are eager to deliver the score bet to our fans in our home territory. The momentum in Canada, coupled with these outstanding results, underscores our strong market position in mobile sports media and sports betting, 
and the exciting opportunities ahead in these high growth industries. We also further strengthened our balance sheet via the bot deal offering we closed in December, raising more than 46 million for working capital and other general corporate purposes. The proceeds support the multi-jurisdictional deployment and operation of the score bet and user acquisition and retention in jurisdictions where we are or will be operating. Also, today in our earnings release, we announced that we are considering an additional public listing on a U.S. stock exchange. This strategy is one our management team has been studying, and we believe access to the U.S. capital markets would provide compelling benefits to the SCORE and our investor base. We'll further cover that news in today's call. First, though, I'd like to recap an impressive quarter for our gaming operations. When we launched our sports book, we applied our expertise in technology and mobile sports to create a completely differentiated betting experience, one that harnesses the power of media and gaming. It's an approach that is working. Gaming handle was up 535% year over year in Q1, reaching 55.8 million for the period, as fans continue to gravitate to our unique combination of media and betting. This ongoing growth, has been achieved as we deepen our market-leading media and gaming integration, including the launch of Bet Section on the SCORE app, which Benji will share more on shortly. We are highly encouraged by the early foothold that we have established in this fast-growing industry, and we are well-equipped to continue our expansion across North America. We believe the quarter with successful launches of the score bet in Colorado. I'm sorry, we began the quarter with the successful launches of the score bet in Colorado and Indiana, and we're preparing to debut in Iowa in the coming weeks, subject, of course, to regulatory approval. Now, with marquee sporting events coming up, including the Super Bowl and our first NCAA tournament as an operator, we are extremely well positioned to continue on this growth trajectory. Of course, one of the markets we hope to be operating in soon is on our home turf in Canada. We estimate a market potential for online gaming here of between 3. Point US between 3.8 billion and 5.4 billion in annual gross gaming revenue based on historical data extrapolated from the legal online gaming markets in the US and globally. Ontario alone is a huge market with population larger than all but four US states it is now clear that there is cross-party support and strong momentum to amend Canada's outdated federal laws and enable legal sports betting market to flourish, and we have been actively participating in those conversations at both the federal and provincial levels. The SCORE is Canada's leading mobile sports brand with millions of loyal app users across this country, and we're in a great position to capitalize on the expansion of online gaming. We're hard at work preparing for this sizable opportunity and look forward to seeing legislation progress in 2021. As the only truly integrated mobile media and gaming company in North America, we are uniquely positioned for the tremendous opportunity ahead in gaming. Our industry, sports betting, mobile sports media, and esports are high growth and continue to rapidly develop. As previously mentioned, we are considering a listing on a U.S. stock exchange as the next step to achieve our business. In our view, it is timely for this consideration, and we believe the potential benefits for the score and our investor base may include 
significantly larger pool of capital, greater uh, average daily trading volume, exposure to a large a larger number of U.S. retail and institutional investors, and a, poten- and a potential increase in market valuation. In today's earning release, we also announced that we'll be holding a virtual annual and special meeting of shareholders on February 10th. At that meeting, and in conjunction with the potential listing, we'll be asking shareholders to approve a special resolution to authorize the SCORE's board of directors to elect a share consolidation. We've included details of the proposed share consolidation in our management information circular, which is being sent to shareholders in advance of the meeting and will be publicly available on our investor relations uh, site. I'll now turn things over to Benji, who will provide a summary of results in our media operations, as well as a closer look at some other product and content initiatives this quarter. Benji. Thanks, John, and good afternoon, everyone. In Q1, we achieved a new all-time record for media revenue, generating $10.6 million. Following the sports hiatus, brand partners have been eager to connect with our large and engaged mobile app audience. In the quarter, we ran campaigns for notable brands, including the NBA, Fox Sports, and Trojan in the U.S., and Audi, Volkswagen, and DAZN in Canada. Further, our app continues to be a relied-upon source of sports news and content. We recorded an impressive 3.9 million monthly active users this quarter, each opening the score an average of 116 times a month. These results were achieved in the absence of the traditional sports calendar, with no regular season NBA or NHL action, and are a strong indication of our brand loyalty with sports fans across North America. On to social media, where the power of our channels continues to attract both huge audiences as well as brand partners. We reached an audience of approximately 105 million users in Q1 across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, with Head & Shoulders and Subway activating on our platform. Much like the user behavior we're seeing on our media app, fans are increasingly engaging with our social content which serves not just as an opportunity to amplify the SCORE brand, but to drive advertising dollars as well. As John noted earlier, in Q1, we released Bet Section on our media app, our most integrated and personalized suite of betting features ever. This new dedicated home for betting on our media app provides greater visibility for our gaming-related content and integrations with our sportsbook, including a deeper availability of markets and the ability to track your bets and receive cash-out offers live all within the score. That section is an example of how we're successfully building integrations, enhancing our user ecosystem, and driving cross-platform activity. Throughout this quarter, we've seen steady growth on the score bet, hitting record highs in new bettors and overall betting activity during Thanksgiving week, and then topping those numbers Christmas week as the NBA season tipped off. In both cases, we successfully executed integrated thematic campaigns by leveraging all of our content channels to onboard new users and drive betting activity. We'll be continuing this strategy, which is perfectly suited for our fully integrated media and betting platforms. On the ScoreBet, product development work has been focused on our upcoming Iowa launch, as well as ongoing enhancements to our user experience, including improving our already exceptional live betting experience. We're also starting to prepare for the anticipated launch of our online casino product in New Jersey later this year. Now turning to eSports, we set a new all-time quarterly record for the third successive period, totaling 357 million video views across all platforms. 
Our esports division is thriving, and we remain one of the only traditional sports media players comprehensively covering esports, a testament to the model we've built and to the content we produce. As North America's preeminent esports media destination, we continue to secure brand partnerships with A-list endemic and non-endemic companies such as Geico, Riot, and MasterCard, who are interested in aligning with our award-winning programming and global reach. Last month, we also made our first foray into live event broadcasting as the exclusive English-language broadcast partner for a marquee League of Legends tournament from China. Our esports platforms offer huge audience reach and unrivaled brand recognition in the competitive gaming scene. It's no surprise that we were approached as the ideal partner to produce and distribute this event to fans worldwide. As the global esports landscape develops, we will continue to be opportunistic and aggressive in this space. I'll now turn things over to Alvin, who will talk in more detail about our financials. Thanks, Benji. Before I provide a financial recap, let me take a moment to highlight a key development subsequent to the quarter. In December, we bolstered our balance sheet by closing our previously announced $40 million bot deal offering. With the full over-allotment exercise, we issued an aggregate of 32.9 million Class A shares, raising gross proceeds of 46 million. Now to the financial recap of the quarter. Total revenue for Q1 fiscal 2021 was 8.5 million versus 9.2 million for the same period in the previous year. Media revenue in Q1 fiscal 2021 of 10.6 million was an all-time record for us in a single quarter, primarily driven by strong growth and direct advertising revenue compared to the prior period. Gaming handle was 55.8 million in Q1 fiscal 2021. Gross gaming revenue was negative 0.3 million in the quarter. When taking into account promotional costs and fair value adjustments on unsettled bets, this resulted in negative net gaming revenue of 2 million for the three months ended November 30th. EBITDA loss in the quarter was 9.3 million versus an EBITDA loss of 4.8 million for the same period last year. Increase in EBITDA loss was primarily due to the result of additional expenses incurred in connection with the expansion of our gaming operations compared to the prior year. From a liquidity perspective, our November 30th pro forma cash balance is 62.4 million in both our 5 million revolving credit facility in our six and a quarter million BCAP revolving credit facility are undrawn. That concludes the formal part of our presentation. Rob, we will now take questions from the analysts. As, as a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star one in your telephone. If you need to withdraw your question, press the pound key. And your first question comes from a line of Matthew Lee from Canaccord. Your line is open. Evening, gents. Uh, great choice of earning call right on NHL opening night. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so my first question is regarding to the, uh, you know, obviously very solid handle numbers you guys posted. Uh, can you maybe break that down in terms of the percentage that comes from New Jersey um, and, the, and that that comes from other states? Um, uh, so we don't, um, we have not broken down the, um, the handle numbers on a state by state basis. The point um, that we that we usually talk to in that context is, and the reason we don't is because of the nascent nature of the business operations in those states. 
uh, Matt, as you know, we just, you know, we just basically launched in um, Colorado and uh, Indiana. Um, and uh, we look at basically the total aggregate of what we're doing in a comparator overall. Um, in the, you know, what we do see is in the numbers that we look at <clears throat> is that we're very encouraged by these early signs is what we're seeing actually in all the states. Um, and we basically look towards what the, obviously what the total handle is. And then we look at certain flag, you know, sort of tentpole events like Benji mentioned when we had the special promotions on Thanksgiving and then when we launched with the beginning of NBA and also tonight when we're starting in with the NHL, as you mentioned, and we see the number of new batters that are coming on board, it's very, very encouraging for us. But we don't break it out on a state-by-state basis. Right. Okay. And, and, and Matt, just for additional context, like on the same store basis, our growth was, you know, what we would expect and really healthy as well. Um, you know, in terms of the comp year over year from a Jersey perspective. Right. Okay. That That's very helpful. And then maybe on the media side, I mean, you know, you guys talked about the fact that there was no NHL and NBA season. So naturally your subscriber count was down and sessions were down a little bit, but, you know, revenue was up significantly. So can you maybe help me understand what you're providing to advertisers year over year that really pushed them to, you know, come to the score app and pay more per view? So I, I think Matt, Matt, I can take that one. I, I think, you know, when you think about, um, you know, some of the dynamics in the market, I think, you know, at first of all, advertisers were very excited about the return to sports. Second, you know, notwithstanding, um, you know, the fact that we didn't have NBA and NHL regular season action, we had tremendously strong engagement around the sports that were in season with, you know, a, a monthly active user number that was, you know, more or less in line with what we, uh, you know, with, with what we had last year. So there was a, you know, a, a tremendous amount of inventory. And I think, you know, we saw very strong performances from both our direct sales teams in Canada and the U.S. And that it, it stems from not just you know, kind of the available inventory, but also some of the creativity and some of the packaging that we're able to put together, the custom, uh, the, the, the custom units that we're able to deliver to our advertisers and the creative services that we're able to provide to them as well. So it really is uh, a, a combination across the board of, uh, you know, sports being back, inventory being available. And we're really seeing that momentum carry on, you know, now through December and into, uh, you know, and, and into the new calendar year. Um, you know, as advertisers are looking forward to regular season, uh, you know, NBA and NHL looking ahead to March Madness, which, uh, you know, which we missed last year. So, um, you know, couldn't be happier across the board with how, uh, you know, with how our, our, our team has performed and how, uh, you know, and, and how our advertisers uh, have responded. That's fair enough. Um, okay. So, you know, just one last question for me, and I'll get back in line afterwards. You know, can you maybe discuss, you know, the Canadian legalization story uh, in terms of what you believe is going to be the timing? And, and more importantly, you know, how long would it take the score to, you know, uh, fix up its app in order to be able to launch in Canada post-receiving a framework? Um, listen, I, I think, um, you know, I, you never want to, uh, you know, predict exactly what a government timeline is going to be. You know, all of the information that we 
you know, we have to date, and the consensus seems to be there's momentum to get this done in 2021, which is something that's, uh, you know, very exciting. And, and, and for our part, you know, as John said earlier in the, uh, you know, er- earlier in the call, um, you know, we're looking ahead. We want to be, we, we, we be ready. We're laying the foundation from a platform perspective for that now. Um, and so, again, you know, it's probably not right to put a stake in the ground and say, um, you know, exactly what the timeline is going to be here. But, um, you know, we are, uh, you know, we are on it both from a uh, government relations perspective and also from a, uh, you know, product and platform perspective. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Great quarter. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Your next question comes from the line of Suthan Sukumar from 8 Capital. Your line is open. Good evening, gents. Hey, Suthan. Yes, the first question for me is on is on the uh, on the handle side of the business, uh, on the betting side of the business. Obviously, impressive handle growth this quarter. Can you guys provide some color on the the level of cross select activity you saw during the quarter? More specifically, are you seeing an improvement quarter over quarter with respect to cross app usage and cross selectivity? You know, compared to last quarter. Um, I'll, I'll take a stab at this, and then you know, John or Alvin, if you want to add in some color. I mean, I, I think Suzanne, we're still seeing that strong level of cross engagement between our, our our media app and our betting app, and um, you know, with well over half of our users, um, you know, moving from one to the other. And I, I think um, you know, when 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 we look at what uh, you know, we rolled out in the fall with bet section, um, you know, that was tremendously well received by our uh, you know by our users. Um, you know, that is another significant integration point. I mean, our, you know, first and foremost, our, you know, users live on our box score pages during game time. And now we've introduced another uh, area of the app for them to browse markets, for them to track their bets, for them to get personalized promotions and to engage around, uh, you know, polling and uh, other community related features. So uh, that has uh, certainly strengthened the, uh, the interconnection between media and betting uh, you know, over, over previous periods. I guess the only thing I would add to that is, you know, we've always considered it um, as a complete ecosystem, right? And what we've always been looking for is this ability of, of, of our betters to seamlessly move back and forth um, uh, from, you know, from betting into the media app and actually making their bets without even knowing which app they're in. Um, and that's, that's sort of the secret sauce and the beauty of, of, of our ability and the technology that we built into this thing. And, and the evidence that we're seeing that that works is by the fact that, you know, you know, we use the expression, we're getting better betters because um, once we get them, whether they come from, you know, score bet, uh, the, the media app and become a better, or whether we get them from, um, uh, from, from, you know, uh, through, through other efforts or through other promotions and they come in through the betting app, ultimately it's, they're, they're a part of this overall ecosystem. And as Benji said, you know, 50% of all of our betters, at least 50% of all of our betters are on both platforms. So that's tremendously encouraging for us from a stickiness standpoint and also from a performance standpoint. You know, when we say better betters, it's because they're hanging around longer and they're betting more. And it only makes sense because, you know, one of, one of the attributes in, in, in sort of the betting world is that not only is there a strong propensity for people to bet on props and for pregame and, and all that, but as, as you're well aware, um, more and more of it is tending towards in-game wagering. And when you have them part of your whole ecosystem and they're part of the brand and they're in 
looking at data and content, reading articles, and while the game is going on, that it's only a natural fit for them to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to continue to support their wager or reverse out of their wager or take some other wagers. So um, we're very, very excited about the fact that this idea of once they're a score user, they're a score user. And, you know, we, you know, we think over time, what you're going to see is our score users are, are, are going to be very, very loyal to, um, to, to the platform that we're offering. Got it. Thanks. That's helpful. Um, and then, you know, with this, with this high engagement on the betting side, is, how is this influencing user growth on, on the media app? Um, are, you, are, you, are you seeing any benefits from this on, on your overall, you know, user ecosystem? So I'll take a stab at that. I guess the 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 answer is we we expect to see that. the The issue is that from where we came from um, and snapping out of COVID and then seeing that engagement come back strong is what was really encouraging for us. And then you also have to remember that with the with the um, sort of sports schedule being completely out of whack, right? I mean, we're starting hockey tonight. It's very very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, we started basketball what a week ago. Um, you know, football sort of coming to a conclusion at the usual time, and sort of so is the NCAA. So, um, you know, uh, you know, from week to week, these these numbers change dramatically. So, looking at it from above, we're very happy, very encouraged about how people snap back to the app. I think we reported something like their engagement is 120 times a month. So, snapping back to the high levels of engagement now that they've got something to to follow and to look at. Um, so. So, you know, I, I think once once this sort of settles and God knows when that will be, um, you know, sort of living day to day with the reality of the world we're, we're in, uh, I, you know, I, I think you're going to start to see, again, this this sort of uh, sort of whole concept of score bet creating more score users, score users obviously generating score bet. And as the brand becomes more and more extensive, um, you know, the, the, the growth will, um, will continue to attribute to the brand. Great, great, thanks. Um, guys, the next question for me is on, on, the, on, on the win margins. Uh, this score, you know, they were negative this score on both uh, growth and net basis. Can you provide some color here? Some color here on the delta. You know, was this really just kind of more, more so player favorable results and higher bonusing, or are there other factors to consider? Ben, do you want to take that? Sure. I mean, listen, on on a net basis, you know, the the, the delta between gross and net. Uh, Sufan is, you know, is, is certainly on account of player promotions, and that's, you know, been consistent with us being in growth mode, opening up in new states, and, you know, on the on the growth side as well, it's a similar story. Listen, um, you know, as we grow, as the, um, you know, as, as our handle continues to grow and we continue to scale, we we expect our our gross margins to continue to normalize. And, you know, there, there isn't much more to it than that. I think um, we're very encouraged by what we, uh, you know, by the strong growth and handle that we've seen and, um, you know, are looking forward to continuing to drive that in the three markets where we're open, you know, opening up Iowa, uh, you know, in the coming weeks and then uh, continuing to build on that from there. Great, great. And uh, just, Looking ahead in, in, in terms of new markets, you, you guys touch on Iowa, um, Michigan um, sounds like it's it's finally opening up as well, um, and, it, and I believe you guys do have market access there. Um, where is that kind of on the 
priority priority list of, of new markets you're, you're looking to enter and, and are there any other states that are um you know in addition to canada and ontario are, are there any other jurisdictions that you're that you're excited excited about in the near to midterm listen i i i think um you know, there's not any states that, you know, we're, you know, we have a, a definitive additional state that we have definitive launch times in, um, you know, we are very active from a market access perspective as we look to grow our footprint across the U.S. Um, we have access, as you point out, in, you know, in, in 13 states currently between our, uh, our, our deal with Monmouth Park in New Jersey, our deal with Jacobs in Colorado, our multi-state market access deal with Penn, you know, but that's 13 of 50 states. And, um, and we are seeing uh, legislatures across the country, uh, you know, accelerate their consideration of, uh, you know, of, of, of sports betting, uh, you know, in large part, um, you know, due to the success they're seeing of the states that have legalized. And also, uh, you know, the, the impact of COVID on their, on, on their budgets is, uh, you know, is driving states who were, con- you know, considering, you know, maybe doing it down the road to thinking about it now. Um, you know, the other interesting element that we're starting to see is that in addition to uh, you know in addition to sports betting being considered by legislatures, uh, i gaming is increasingly being picked up as well. We're seeing in Indiana and Iowa consideration of i gaming bills. Um, you know, recall that in our agreement with Penn National, uh, you know, our, it includes uh, market access for both sports betting and i gaming, and so that would be a natural extension, uh, you know, of our i gaming offering that we're planning to debut in New Jersey in the second half of uh, 2021 as part of our deal with uh, Bally's Twin River. Yeah. The, the, the only other thing, the only thing I'd add, uh, add to, to what Benji's saying, because, um, you know, he's generally referencing the fact that things are opening up. Um, we're involved in a, a whole bunch of very active discussions. I mean, we, obviously we can't say anything until things actually occur, but, um, you know, we've always been a m- more, um, aggressive than most in the context of how fast we thought things were going to open up. And in fact, you know, I've said this before that things are opening up even quicker than that. And, you know, we're built, we're building a team um, of of people who are actively involved in all sorts of discussions and lobbying efforts and uh, uh, for states that have not yet come on board that are potentially coming on board sooner than, than, than we anticipate. So, we let it be said though, sort of a number one, we're well plugged in in all of the active and um, um, opportunities that that are out there, and we're really encouraged by the the degree of potential for us to be able to secure more. Now, of course, nothing is done until it's done, but um, you know we're uh, we're 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 you know we're expecting that you know over the course of the next whatever, um, you know, hopefully there's going to be more and more states coming on board, and we're going to be able to participate. Great. Thank you, guys. Uh, Thanks for my questions. I'll, I'll pass the line. Thank you. Again, if you would like to ask a question, it's star one in your telephone. Your next question comes from the line of David McFaggin from Cormark Securities. Your line is open. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, a couple of questions. Would you guys um, care to venture when, when you might see the... Um, the wind margin go positive and maybe even be mid single digit. Um, I would say that you know um, we're seeing good progress, and um, you know it's it a lot depends on you know uh, additional states opening up and and promotions and efforts that we're making in a state by state basis. And I 
And I think David, the, you know, the, the, you know, the short answer to that is, you know, we're seeing progress. Um, you know, uh, we are have, we have targets for uh, what we want to achieve. Uh, we know what it's going to look like when we get there because, um, you know, that's the way the industry develops and that's the way it is across the board. And I can tell you, it ain't going to take years to get there. Um, and it's probably not going to happen in the next month or two. Or So, so you know, um, we're, we're continuing to build. It's, the momentum is working in that, in our favor. And I don't think I can be any more specific than that, but um, we're starting to see encouraging results as, as we gain momentum in the states that exist. Um, and uh, hopefully in the new states that uh, that come on board. Okay. Well, maybe um, just another question then. You know, you gave a forecast for Canada for um, GGR of 3.8 to 5.4 billion. I think those were U.S. numbers. Just asking for a clarification there. And secondly, is is that a combination of um, this of sports betting and casino, or is that just sports betting? Um, it, it is U.S. dollars. Hey, David. Um, and it's a combination of both um, sports betting and iGaming. And look, that really that forecast is really just extrapolating the adult population in Canada um, and, and looking at basically mature market um, sports betting and iGaming GGR markets um, and, you know, similar similar sort of um, mature markets like um, – I wouldn't even call New Jersey a mature market. Yeah, I think there's still some ramp there. Um, but in places like the UK, Australia, as well as Jersey, it's just extrapolating from, you know, um, more mature markets to what the growth potential we think is in this market. Would, like, would it make sense, in your opinion, uh, to apply a 10 to 1 ratio, you know, Canada, US, I mean, just or the other way around, U.S. Canada, because um, often people will do that. And I don't know. If, I don't know. In your opinion, would that make sense to do that? And for this, uh, for this, you know, ballpark estimate. Uh, you know, I, I'm, David. Under normal circumstances, I would say that's right. I don't, and I'm not trying to lead you in one direction or another. I think, you know, when we look at the two markets, we look, you know, we look at the dramatic differences in terms of our reach and our, um, the, the brand recognition and, um, um, you know, look, everybody in Canada knows the score. Everybody um, who's on mobile apps uses the score. If you add up PSN, Sportsnet, anybody else, they don't even come close to us. And the guys that you think are going to come in and or that we think are going to come in and com- compete compete in, in hopefully an open market environment, which I think that's what's being um, sort of suggested in Ontario. Um, no, nobody's even close to us. So I, I'm not encouraging you to do a more than 10 to one or a less than 10 to one. I'm just saying when we look at our, at, at, at and try to uh, uh, think about how, how powerful um, the brand and our company is going to be, you know, we have the pole position here. It's, it's, it's a lot different than in the States and, and, and in the States we're making great progress. But here, um, it's completely different. They're they're basically coming after us. We're not coming after them down there. So, um, uh, I, I you know, you know, we look at what the numbers are, and we take our best guess as to what sort of market share and market penetration we're going to be able to achieve. And um, all I can say is, it looks like it's a very, very exciting opportunity for us. 
No, no, I, I understand. But the 3.8 to 5.4, that's a market size. And you would obviously take, you know, whatever share you take. But that's the market size. And I'm just wondering, that is the market size, correct? And I'm, I'm just wondering if you can compare market size to US market size in Canada on a 10 to 1 ratio. So. Oh, just the market size. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, David, again, like if you extrapolate, if you look at GGR per adult numbers for sports betting and iGaming and, you know, you do the math, like if you assume 90% of uh, the, you know, whatever the adult population is in the U.S., 250, 260 million or so, um, and you multiply that by by those GGR per adult numbers and you assume that, you know, somewhere between 85 and 90% um, of that population over time will live in jurisdictions where fully remote online sports betting and iGaming is legal, then I would surmise that you get to, you know, that sort of extrapolation. It's just math again, you know, when you're comparing 29 or so million Canadian adults relative to um, whatever that ratio is in the U.S. So, um, it's probably not quite 10 to 1. It's probably 7 to 1 to 8 to 1. But, again, this is all – we're just talking about math. I'm not exactly sure what the exact numbers are, but um, on a one-on-one -on -one basis for however many adults there are in Canada relative to the U.S. Okay. No, that's helpful. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Matthew Lee from Canaccord. Your line is open. Hi again. Um, can you maybe give us some color as to the amount in which the social media segment is driving revenue? Obviously, you're seeing great growth there, and you mentioned that there is some advertising attached to that. So, um, you know, could you maybe tell me how much, or tell us how much uh, advertising revenue is coming from that segment? Yeah. Listen, Matt. I, I think you know. Look, the, it, the ad, ad sales are still dominated by by our app, um, but you know, we are seeing uh, you know increasing growth. Uh, you know, both on our social media side, you know, uh, and also on our esports side, where we're now seeing advertisers come to the table with five-figure and six-figure deals. So we're we're now getting beyond the stage of you know social media being an add-on to an existing uh, you know to, to an existing sale, and and these are sales that are now starting to take place as as campaigns in their own right with custom content being created. Um, yeah, and specific uh, content and deliverables being, uh, you know, be, be, being, you know, put put against those those campaigns. So, you know, still it's you know, app dominated, but uh, these are, are are growing into uh, meaningful contributors. All right, that's very helpful. Thanks, guys. Again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star one in your telephone. And your next question comes from the line of Anthony. Oh, sorry. And there are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to Alvin Lobo for some closing remarks. Thanks, Rob. And thank you, everyone, for joining us um, for our first results of fiscal 2021. We look forward to presenting to you again when we deliver Q2 results in mid-April. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.